Hey, hey, welcome Disability Law Show. It's back. It's Friday. Let's get into the weekend first. Uh, myself, John Scholes, and Savannah Tamarkin from San Firu Tamarkin LLP have some business to take care of. Lots of emails and other things as well. I'll give you the contact information right off the top, as we always do, to reach Savannah and his crew anytime. one 821 5900 Help at disabilityrights.ca or simply disabilityrights.ca. I'll give you some other contact throughout the, uh, the half hour. But before we get into our emails, always, Savannah, the week that was something you got to talk about off the top pal what do you got hey john good to be here with you and our listeners let me jump right in here uh, i want to talk about an interesting car accident case that is being handled by my office one of the lawyers that works with me uh is handling this and it's, it's really an interesting situation and it really highlights how important it is to make sure that you get the right lawyer and the right law firm on your side from the very beginning because if you don't you could be jeopardizing your claim so I'll talk about this case. I'm changing a few of the facts here so that this person cannot be recognized, but it's going to give you an idea of what we're dealing with. Uh, so this is a lady who is in her early 40s. She's a mother of two. Uh, she works as a, uh, a PSW, personal support worker, which is a very demanding and hard job in the GTA in, in and around Toronto. She had an accident just over a year and a half ago. A fairly significant accident, rear end collision. So she was struck from the back uh, when she was on a red light. Now, initially... Uh, she and her family, her parents actually, connected her with a lawyer that they know. And this lawyer doesn't really deal with car accidents. He says he does, but you know that's not really kind of the bread and butter of what he does if you go to his website. Long story short, he told her after meeting with her and the parents and, and taking all the information that you know she didn't break any bones. So therefore, he thinks that she can probably get her maybe at the end of the day around $50,000 in her pocket for her injuries. 50,000. Okay. Now, let me give you some facts here. So she's in her early 40s. She's a mother of two, two young kids. She earns $60,000 approximately a year. She was studying to be a nurse at the time. Now, uh, this is a year and a half, almost a year and a half, sorry, a bit more than a year and a half later. Uh, We we had taken over the claim uh, around the three, four month mark because she was having serious concerns, not getting answers from her lawyer, nothing being done. And so we took over. Now, uh, just over a year and a half post-accident, she's been diagnosed with chronic pain and a traumatic brain injury. We, we actually got that diagnosis early on by sending her to the right specialist and having her seen by the right doctors. Uh, but we just got her designated as a catastrophic claim. Now, here's what that means. John, you and I have talked before about benefits that people are entitled to yep. when they're involved in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Remember, in Ontario, you have two levels of compensation, two systems of compensation for people who are injured in a car accident. You have your accident benefits, which are called no-fault benefits. So these are the benefits that your own insurance company, your own automobile insurance company of the vehicle you're in is going to pay you. And that doesn't matter if you're at fault or not. Okay, That's why they're called no-fault benefits. doesn't matter if you're at fault. Right. In this case, it doesn't matter anyways because she's not at fault. She was rear-ended. But the point is, there is the accident benefits portion, and then there is the tort. It's the claim against the driver that was responsible for the accident or the owner of that car. In this case, again, it's the same person. So we have these two types of claims. Now, when you're designated as a catastrophic claim, it means that now you have a lot more coverage through your own insurance company. I'm going to give you an example here. If you suffered injuries which are non-catastrophic and fairly mild, you know, something, no, no, no breakage of bones, no brain injury, nothing of that sort, your own insurance company may classify you under the minor injury guideline. What that means is that they'll pay up to $3,500, so $3,500, 
for the treatments that you may need, like massage, physiotherapy, acupuncture, etc. If you are catastrophic, you have up to a million dollars of benefit available to you. You have case management services to deal with your claim holistically uh, available. Uh, you have a maximum of $6,000 a month available for life for attendant care. For, for this help that you may need around the home with, with every kind of personal aspect that you may need. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot more benefits. There's caregiver benefits that you are entitled to. I mean, if, if you're a caregiver, there's just so many different things, you know, that you may be entitled to as a catastrophic claimant. And what's important to understand here is that because she was now, uh, um, uh, let's say, labeled or put into the catastrophic category, it also means that her claim against the other driver potentially is increased significantly because if the insurance company, her insurance company says, look, she's catastrophic, we're dealing with injuries which are going to be plaguing her for the rest of her life, yeah. something that's going to affect her ability to earn income for the rest of her life, or to take care of herself and her kids you know, for a very, very long time, it means that both claims are significant. So let me give you some numbers here. Remember that when you're injured in a car accident uh, and you cannot work because of your injuries, you are entitled to what's called income replacement benefits. Yep. Okay? Those are benefits that you get through your insurance company to replace a portion of your income, not your entire income, generally, depending on how much you make, but a portion. Usually it's up to $400 a week. Well, in this case, not only is it much less at what she's entitled to, but in addition, don't forget that she was actually uh, uh, studying to become a nurse, right? And, and as a nurse, I mean, my understanding is nurses get paid a lot of money. There's a lot of good benefits through their unions, et cetera. So let's assume for a second, for a second, that as a nurse, she would be getting paid $90,000 a year. I'm just giving you simple math. She's earning 60000 now as a PSW. That's a delta. That's a difference of $30,000 a year. She's in her early 40s. Just on the income loss component alone of her claim, if you multiply $30,000 a year in losses because she cannot become a nurse now, yeah. uh, and, and you multiply that by 10 years, let's say it's 300000 By 20 years, it's 600000 But what about the additional expenses that she's incurring here, right? Because she's only getting income replacement benefits of generally up to $400 a week. I'm throwing a lot of numbers and a lot of information. I, I think what I'm trying to explain here to our listeners, John, is that now that she's catastrophic, and even if she wasn't in the catastrophic category, her income would be in the high six-figure yeah, in terms of huge. potential settlement at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, there's a lot more to unpack here. I mean, she's going to need treatments for a very, very long time. And despite the fact that her own insurance company is going to pay a lot of money, they're going to cover a lot because she's catastrophic, there could be other things that her insurance company doesn't cover. Well, guess what? That's recoverable. That's claimable against the other driver's insurance company. And what about her parents, right? She has parents. And by the way, I didn't tell you, but her parents are now helping her with her kids a lot more than before. Well, under the legislation that we have in Ontario, your immediate family, like your parents, certainly her children, they're going to be entitled to damages too from the insurance company of the other driver. So I can do a whole show just on this case, but John, I'm telling you right now, just based on this new designation that we've been able to get for her, the catastrophic designation, we're going to be uh, resolving this case in the foreseeable future my estimate, just rough estimate, in the seven figures. I don't wow, know where the seven on. figures. I don't. Wow. I, I, my gut sense is probably around 1.5, 1.5 million. That's my gut sense. I mean, there's many variables that go into this. Could be a bit more, could be a bit less. I don't know. We'll have to see how we how it goes. But that's that's a far cry from when she was told by the initial lawyer who doesn't deal with these kinds of claims that she went to see at the outset, who told her. 
that he thinks he'll be able to net her $50,000 in her pocket. Jeez, man. I'm telling her now that we're looking at a settlement, if there is one at the end of the day, which I think there will, because the insurance companies here are going to want to settle, both her insurance company and the insurance company for the driver that hit her, they're going to want to settle. And we're probably going to do a global settlement, right, with both insurance companies, both insurers at the table. We'll negotiate with both at the same time. I think we're dealing here with a with not even a question in my mind a seven figure claim, but it has to be structured correctly. It has to be done correctly. You have to build up the case in a proper way. You have to understand the intricacies, right, of all these benefits. So, really, really important to understand that when we're dealing with these kinds of claims, it is absolutely vital that you get the proper advice from the right lawyer, from the right law firm. Because if you don't, it's like going to a doctor that doesn't know what he's doing or she's doing when it comes to your heart, right? I mean, if you go to a doctor that is not a heart specialist to advise you about your heart, uh, you're risking a lot. It's the same thing here. You're going to risk a lot from a legal standpoint. If you go to someone who doesn't know really what they're doing, this is not kind of within their wheelhouse, you know, just make sure you get the proper advice. And this is the kind of stuff that we do, John, each and every day. We answer questions. We help people with this kind of stuff. We have a, a, a full-on team of, of lawyers, of professionals. Uh, I mean, my team is just exceptional. I love the people that I work with, and I can yep. tell you, if you just look at the reviews that we get for a firm, you'll see how many positive reviews we get for a firm. I mean, that tells you a lot. Uh, so a lot, the results speak for themselves. And again, I urge people, just make sure you get the information you need. Give me a call at any point. It doesn't cost anything to talk to me or any member of my team. That number, just to uh, re- reiterate and go over what Sivan just said, toll free, obviously, one 855 821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca, which is where we're going right now, as promised. We'll get into your uh, your emails. Uh, let's go to Ryan. First one up says, guys, I was driving to work when I was T-boned at an intersection by a car that ran a red light. I hit my arm and my head on the inside of my car. An ambulance and the police came on the scene, and I was taken to hospital. I broke my arm, and the doctor said my concussion is traumatic brain injury. I called my insurance company, but I'm not sure what to do now. What do I do now? Can you help? This is an excellent question, Ryan. First of all, I'm really sorry for what what you've gone through. I, I mean, I it's just just imagine, John, the the the, the significance of this kind of an accident uh, mm-hmm. and and what we're dealing with here. I mean, look, a traumatic brain injury, a concussion, incidentally, is a brain injury. That's now, right. some concussions, you know, you can recover from them very quickly. Some of them are longstanding. You develop traumatic brain injury, mild traumatic brain injury. But if you Google concussion, you will see it is in fact a brain injury. Now, Ryan, here's what needs to be done. There's a lot of forms, and it can be overwhelming. A lot of forms that need to be filled out and information needs to be uh, given to your own insurance company. And, and we have people on our team, by the way, that do that. And, and they do that you know, at, at no cost. There's no issue there, so we can help you with that. Uh, but I think that what's important here, it's really, really key here, is not only to complete those forms, submit everything, and then liaise with your doctor uh, w- within the timelines, within the right timelines, which means now – but also put the other driver, whoever ran that red light, on notice immediately. It's absolutely critical that we advise that person's insurance company. And there is various reasons for that, not the least of which is that you're going to have a substantive, substantial uh, damages claim against that insurance company of that driver that hit you. And, and John, one of the things we haven't talked about here, because it's a very technical thing, is when you make a claim for these damages against whoever causes you injury in Ontario, there, there's something that's called prejudgment interest. And that means that at the end of the day, when you end up negotiating a settlement or if you go to court, which is very, very rare, almost never happens actually from a statistical standpoint, uh, you always tell the other side, look, there is 
interest that accrued on all of these damages that I had suffered as a result of this accident. Well, guess what? The letter that we sent initially to the other person's insurance company, that initial notice letter is what triggers the calculation of the prejudgment right. interest. Again, this is a very technical thing, but my point is we're dealing here with a very significant claim, Ryan. It's something that is going to be life-altering for you. I don't have to tell you. You know this. But it's very important that I speak with you, with your significant other, if you'd like, uh, or any other family members or, or close friends, anybody that's going to help you here. And, and we can meet uh, or we can speak by phone or by Zoom or whatever it is you, you need. And I can explain absolutely everything from beginning to end. And John, this is absolutely critical to tell people uh, really what the process is, what it entails, to be realistic about the timelines, to be realistic about the damages and the quantity, like the amount, the quantum that they can expect to get at the end. And that that assessment changes over time depending on how the person, uh, you know, if that person is getting better, if they heal, if they don't, what happens with work, etc. So really critical, Ryan, for you and I to, to touch base after the show. Uh, and I can go through everything and explain to you and take a lot more time, the time that's required to make sure that you are completely aware of what your rights are. Really appreciate the uh, the reach out, Ryan. We'll, uh, we'll follow up for sure. In the meantime, we'll take a short break. Monique, your email is up next. And if you want to contribute any time, uh, you can make a phone call, right? And, and skip the email. Just talk to one of Savant's team. That's toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. But that email address is help at disabilityrights.ca. And we'll continue with more of the Disability Law Show. Hang in there. We're coming right back. Good stuff. We're back. Disability Law Show. A little bit of time to go here to reach out to Savant and his team. It's really easy. I keep telling you, toll-free numbers. Uh, it's simple, one 855 855-821-5900. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. Hey, tell me a little bit about Savan. Uh, you put this together recently, a couple months, uh, a couple months old. It's pretty brand new. PocketDisabilityLawyer.ca. Pal, break that down. Yeah, John. PocketDisabilityLawyer.ca. I mean, this is the the accompaniment to uh, the the uh, um, pocket employment lawyer that our firm had launched a while back, right? That's been used thousands, hundreds of thousands of times across the country. So the idea behind this is that some people do not want to call a lawyer or a law firm. They just want to Google their answers, you know, Google the questions they have. And listen, I do this, you do this when it comes to medical type things. We shouldn't, but we do. The problem is that if you go and you Google uh, the question you have about your, your long-term disability or your injury claim, you're potentially going to get into sites which, first of all, are just outside our jurisdiction. They're in the right. U.S., there are other places, etc. Or you may get to other provinces that have different laws, or you may get to websites of other lawyers who may not be up to date. My point is, you may not get the information that you need. But again, we wanted to give something uh, to people that they can go to in the event that they just don't feel they, they're shy. They don't want to contact me or, or someone on my team or, or another lawyer at this point in time. So we created this website, pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca, and so this is what it does. It's a free website. It gives you precise answers with respect to your long-term or short-term disability questions you may have, your questions, your friends' questions, whatever. Uh, it's anonymous. So, you know, if you go on there and you get your answers within about 30 seconds about your, you know, whatever the issue is, unless you hit that button to contact us, we're not going to know that you were there. But, but again, it, it is tailored to give you specific answers to your specific questions about your short-term and long-term disability questions. Pocket Disability Lawyer is where you want to go to catch everything that uh, Savan just said. Okay, moving down to Monique's email. says, uh, I was recently hit by a car while I was crossing the street. 
I remember hitting the button for the pedestrian lights and stepping into the road, but then I was hit, and the next thing I knew, I woke up in the hospital. The police told me I was hit by a minivan. I hit the windshield and fell onto the road, hitting my head, breaking my leg. I was so bruised up, I took lots of pictures. My friend told me I won't get much for this because I wasn't in a vehicle. Is that true? No, Monique, absolutely not. Um, again, th- this is kind of the danger of getting information from unreliable sources. <laughs> uh, and by the and by the way, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, John, one of the most unreliable sources that often, unfortunately, uh, provides this kind of you know uh, pseudo legal information are, are doctors. Actually, uh, listen, I love doctors. My brother is a doctor. Uh, I know a lot of doctors, but the problem is that a lot of times they, as well as friends, as in the case here of Monique, give information which is simply not accurate. And the problem with doing that, you know, it's, it's like me giving stock advice, you know, about the stock market. You do not want me to give you stock market advice. It's not my my field. I don't know. I don't know much about that. I leave that to the professionals uh, as well as anything else to do with finance. And so when it comes to this kind of stuff, Monique, no, let me tell you exactly what should happen here. So. The fact that you were actually a pedestrian and you were struck by a car, that actually from a legal standpoint is, you know, is in your favor. Why? Because if you were in a car and you were struck by another car and you suffered significant injuries and you wanted to claim compensation, we would have to prove on your behalf that the other car was responsible for the accident. Now, that may be an easy thing to do or maybe difficult, whatever. The point is, it's your onus as the claimant to prove that the other car was at fault. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you are a pedestrian, a pedestrian, and you're struck by a car, the law is such that that onus is reversed. You don't have to prove that the driver was negligent. The driver has to disprove that he right. or she was negligent. It makes it so much easier for you to make a claim for compensation because it's the driver that has to show that they were not at fault here. Now, from a damages standpoint, John, we're dealing with a, a broken leg, which is fairly significant. I, I don't know. You know, if you needed surgery for this, Monique, I don't know if you needed uh, metal hardware inserted into your leg. I I don't know much about your case other than what you've given us, but I can tell you that I've dealt with many fractures uh, in my career. And leg fractures, ankle fractures, knee fractures, other kinds of fractures, they can be debilitating for life. Certainly they affect your mobility. So to the extent that Monique is now hindered or unable to do certain things that she could before the accident, and, and if those limitations are, are going to be longstanding and into the future, she potentially has a massive claim here against the other against the driver's insurance company. Uh, and the reality is I've resolved cl- cases like Monique's for mid to high six figure. And I've had even a couple in the past that were into the seven figures because the person was had a very physically demanding job. They were very fairly young. Uh, and, and the injury that they suffered disabled them from doing that job in the future and they didn't have much education. So my point is, Monique, I would want to understand a bit more about you know the, your age, uh, the, the, the severity of the injuries, what other injuries you suffered, um, what impact now there is on your life. Uh, are there people helping you at home? There are many, many things. You know, it's, it's like an onion, uh, John. We have to kind of you know peel off the onion to understand Monique's situation. Incidentally, that's another issue here that's really important. Many times people call me when they listen to the show and to the other shows that we do, and they tell you, look, I, I call this lawyer and this lawyer, and they cut me off, you know, after 20 seconds of me explaining stuff, and they start telling me, you know, giving me information. And the problem is, they tell me, is that the lawyer is not listening to them. Well, this is absolutely critical. It's a big mistake for a lawyer not to listen. 
when somebody, when, when, when a client or a potential client comes to me and says, look, I want to tell you my story. I, 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 I listen. It's so important to listen. I need to understand the full scope of the effect of the injury or the injuries on this person, on their family, on their life. Yeah, and by the way, sense. that is a story that evolves, right? Because a person's, you know, it, this is a very long uh, wait uh, uh, for recovery. Uh, you know, there may be ups and maybe downs. It's one of those things where there has to be continuous contact between the lawyer and the law firm and the injured individual and their family. And so in this case, Monique, I would want to understand more, but just from what you've described here, you're dealing with a significant case. So your friend is completely wrong. The fact that you were a pedestrian is probably making it easier for you to make a claim. And mm -hmm. you'd also be entitled to accident benefits, even if you don't have your own insurance company, from that same insurance company of the van that hit you. So again, Monique, I can explain to you everything after the show. Let's connect. Again, doesn't cost anything to talk to me, a member of my team. This is what we do. We give out this information. We provide you this advice so you understand what your rights are, and then you're empowered, and then you know you know how the law can work for you and get you the compensation you deserve. Monique, thank you so much for that email. And uh, yeah, your friend's probably great, but legal advice, eh, I would stay away from it from now on. Just uh, take it from the ones who know and reach out to Savannah and his team anytime as we uh, get you set to uh, head off in your weekend. Want to give you that last minute contact information for sure. And uh, that email came from help at disabilityrights.ca. The phone number toll free to reach out to Savannah and his team because you're always good to have a conversation on your own and get some uh, information, some clarity for sure. one 855 821-5900 then finally pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca super handy again free anonymous obviously pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca and uh, go ahead enjoy your weekend we'll catch you next time right here in the Disability Law Show